Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk, a broadcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. We're happy to have you with us here today. Uh, We have a great show for you today, a show that will be uh, insightful and maybe even funny, hopefully funny, because uh, our guest today is Pam Victor. She is the founder of Happier Valley Comedy. A uh, very unique business, a different kind of business. Pam, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We don't get many greats these days. Uh, you know what? To have one. Yeah. Well, I always say fine is the new excellent, right? Great is the new astounding. Great uh, is the new astounding. Well, everything's well, we'll relative. Any greats that we can get um, going on uh, seven and a half months of COVID. So. Glad to have you with us. Happy Valley Comedy. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Like I said, it's a unique business. We want to hear about it and how you got it started. And we want to kind of fast forward a little bit um, and talk about how you've managed to pivot during the pandemic. You've made a lot of changes. Obviously, COVID really kind of turned your business model upside down, as it did with a lot of businesses in this area. Yep. And after that, I want to talk about uh, just COVID in, in general and how people can stay sane, how they can keep smiling through the middle of what has just been a really terrible, awful, how many adjectives I can throw at that year. So right. start by telling us about uh, Happy Valley Comedy and, and about you. Uh, well, Happier Valley Comedy was founded, I think, like seven years ago or so. It's a nonprofit in now we have a physical location in Hadley, Massachusetts. And it has th- there are three branches of the company. We in normal times, before times, as I've been calling it. And before times, we had a full bustling uh, comedy training program. We were doing nine classes a week out of our theater uh, in improv and uh, some stand-up classes and musical improv. We had regular shows, improv and stand-up shows that were happening. And then also I do professional development uh, using the tenets of improv to help businesses and individuals uh, grow better communication, collaboration, creative thinking, innovation thinking. So that's Happier Valley Comedy in a nutshell. Tell people about your your business model. You were telling me the story when I went up to see you a a few years ago, it was kind of like a bet you had with yourself, I think, that you could create a business that would generate a certain level of income, which wasn't a very high level of income, but uh, it was a target nonetheless. And uh, Well, like again, I it's said, all I, relative. I was uh, like this in Western Mass. So. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, after homeschooling my kid for 10 years and being a stay-at-home parent for 20 years, uh, I, my kid went to college, which was awesome, and sort of left me unemployed. So I knew I needed to go back to the active outside the house workplace. And so I could have gone back to teaching elementary school, which was my, what my training is. But I had, in the meantime, fallen in love with improv comedy and been producing shows. So I did what I called the Can I Make a Living Doing What I Love experiment, where I set out to make a living exclusively through improv comedy 
in any way I could, teaching it, performing it, producing shows, doing professional development, doing keynote addresses, anything I could do. I just was in a place of total yes and for the whole year. And yeah, I set the the goal of to make $16,000 in that year, which at the time was a poverty line for, a, about the poverty line for a family of two. Um, and that is a small sum for some people, but from my perspective, it was way more than I could ever dream of making as an improviser, certainly an improviser in the Pioneer Valley. Um, I don't know, I can't think of anybody who, and certainly didn't know anybody at that time, who was making a living full-time through improv outside of a big city. And even those making a living full-time in improv that lived in a big city, um, I only think I know, even at this time, maybe six maybe 10 people who are actually doing that in the whole wide world. Uh, so it seemed like this impossible endeavor, but I did it anyways, because that is living according to the tenets of improv, right? The, the, we get up on stage without a script and the idea that that seems implausible or impossible that we are going to make people laugh or even uh, prov provide some sort of art form seems impossible or implausible, but yet we do it anyways by agreeing to the moment as it comes and moving forward together with positivity. And that's what I did. And then, you know, it happened. Uh, I made that dollar goal in six months. A year later, I found myself founding the actual company, signing the papers to found the company. And then several years after that, with my partner, Scott Braidman, we were able to open the actual theater, which seemed like a crazy pants dream. I mean, like this, this should not be possible, George. We should not have an imp a thriving improv comedy theater and training program in a small town, but yet we do. So talk about it. It probably seems like a long, long time ago now, but <laughs> talk about how life was before the middle of March and before the pandemic at uh, the various programs that you had. And, yeah, uh, and before times. Uh, we were running nine improv classes and I think two, uh, we're right in the middle of two uh, stand-up classes. So I teach the first, I personally teach the first four levels of this improv uh, curriculum that I developed called the Joy and Ease of Improv. And then we have all these advanced classes that were happening. Uh, I myself was taking a musical improv class that we had a teacher coming out from Boston who was also the musical director of our musical improv show, The Understudies. Uh, so I was on, I'd already, cause that scares the dickens out of me to do musical improv, even though I have done it before, it still scares me and seems impossible for me to do. So I was like, okay, well, I'm asking my students to do something scary. I got to do it too. So uh, I was in the middle of that class also. How do you teach in improv? I'm just, I'm curious. How do you, um, okay, Joe, go stand over there, stand at the microphone and say something funny. Uh, oh gosh, no, definitely no, don't no, say no. that. I never, I never talk about what's funny. Um, and we are never trying to be funny because if once you try to be funny, that stops it dead in its track. What I teach more than anything is fear management and trust in your authentic voice. I think people are hilarious. Personally, what people, what I find that people laugh at is what they relate to. So if you're being your authentic self, 
the audience is going to relate to that. And what gets in the middle, in the way of us getting up and performing and being our authentic self is often fear, our critical self-talk, our fear, fearful inner dialogue. So the first level of class, uh, Joy of Ease level one, is all about dealing with that fear. Almost all of the class is done in a circle. I never say go up on stage. In fact, we don't even get up on stage for a very long time in our program. Most of my students are not interested in improvising. Most of my students are interested, they say they take improv because it's cheaper than therapy. It's this team sport. We get together, we practice supporting each other, we practice being of service to each other, and it just feels so great to be in community, which is something we're missing sorely at this time. So to finish answering your question, what was happening in Before Times, we had all these great shows that were happening from short form improv that like I dressed up in, we dressed up in sports uniforms and did these this sport uh, improv sports type shows. We had a musical improv show. We were doing improvised mockumentary. Uh, we were doing our family show at the Eric Carle Museum of Picture Book Art in Amherst. I mean, there were all this great stuff. And then I was so busy doing tons of professional development. Uh, going into companies and using the tenets of improv to teach uh, workshops and to do in interactive keynote addresses about that. And that's the thing that's actually still happening. Uh, much to my delight and surprise, I am super busy right now doing tons and tons of remote professional and personal development programs. But everything else has stopped. We'll you can't about... teach improv online. I mean, you can, but it's no fun. Uh, it's really not that much fun to watch improv online, though we might start doing it again just to get us through the dark days of winter. Talk about this professional development that you work, that you do, uh, either live or online. What, what does that take, and how do you use improv to help people develop professionally? Yeah. Well, the tenets of improv are really, really powerful for life. Like I said, my students keep taking it because it's cheaper than therapy. And at the end of level one, I always ask them, you know, and I'm, I profess it in improv class. I'm like, I'm only teaching improv. I'm only teaching improv. I'm not a therapist or anything like that. But then at the end of the first level, I say, so by any chance, have any of you found this useful outside of the classroom? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, yes. I, I feel so much stronger in confidence in my, in my voice. I speak up more in meetings. I'm a better leader. I'm a better listener. I'm a better collaborator. So all of those tenets are what we use and apply to the business world. So I might go in and teach, and I do this again online and in person, and I was doing it in person. I teach collaborate through positivity. So we can use this idea of yes and, the spirit of yes and, and through exercises, practicing it. It's like going to the gym for your soul. So I'll do an improv exercise, which you do it in pairs. Nobody's up on stage or anything like that. Uh, it's not about performing when I do professional development. It's really about just strengthening these particular muscles. So the spirit of yes and I define as the agreement with the re of the reality. I'm sorry, the acceptance of the reality of the moment. This is what's happening right now, whether I like it or not. And the agreement to move forward together with positivity. So the acceptance of the reality of the moment and the agreement to move forward with positivity. So that relates to how we deal with the pandemic, how I did it in my business, right? The acceptance of the reality of the moment. My business, my theater is closed. 
I lost initially every source of revenue that we had. We were having a thriving business. We were doing great. We were putting money away uh, aside for a new theater. Like everything was just going so well. And all of that came to a screeching halt. And it took me a long time to get into a place of acceptance that this is what's happening right now. Yeah, this is, I've lost it. Like you, you find yourself being mad and, and getting stuck in your own brain, you know, to having these conversations. Well, if only we would still be together if only this pandemic were being managed better, if only, right? But that's not happening. So the reality of the moment is, boom, I've lost all sources of revenue. Great, not great, but fine. That's what's happening right now. So how, given that reality, how can we move forward together with positivity? And when I'm in a professional training program, I would do an exercise with, with people that they do in pairs where they practice saying no to something or saying yes, but to something, and then saying yes and to it and seeing if, if it helps them move forward with positivity. This is this yes and mindset. It doesn't mean saying yes to everything, but it means being in a place of acceptance to move forward together. Okay. This is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. Uh, I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We are talking with Pam Victor, the founder of Happier Valley Comedy. So uh, you're trying to make things work in the middle of a pandemic. You've got uh, some new programs, um, again, some online programs and some different things. You're going to be able to muddle your way through this? I hope so. (laughs) I certainly hope so. I mean... You know what, my belief whether we are or not going to be able to succeed is irrelevant. Like, is again, just like getting up on stage without a script. Like, all my fears are irrelevant and certainly not helpful for my our success as a company. So I'm going to set that thought aside and this is it. This is what's happening. How can we move forward? So at Happier Valley Comedy, our mission is to uh, share laughter, joys, joy, and ease with Western Massachusetts and through that the world. How can we still keep doing that? Um, so what I ended up doing is we are doing online professional development programs. And that started, again, from just sort of taking a risk. I had had before the in before times, uh, uh, was going to be a keynote speaker at the Nerd Summit, which was happening in Amherst in March. And they said to me, can you still do it online? And my first response was, no way, no way. What I do is like so interactive. I was going to have people in the audience, getting in pairs, doing exercises, laughing together, telling stories, being up on stage. And then, and I didn't say no way out loud to the, to the client. I just said it to myself. And then I sort of took a breath and I'm like, okay, what if, what if I just explore this idea? And so I asked, what if I just do it? I mean, they're going to pay me. What do I have to lose? Right? So I did it. And it actually went well and ended up like leading to all these great opportunities when this this understanding that I can do this stuff online with some tweaking. And then we tried to teach improv classes and that just wasn't as much fun, but I still wanted to facilitate joy and resilience, which are so like important and connection and facilitating connection is really, really important to me. So that's what led to the development of resilience training through joy, Happier Valley Comedy's 30 day happiness experiment. And that's a program open to anybody where I go through with people, the first meeting I go through Happier Valley Comedy's top 20 happiness and resilience skills. 
and then people pick one or two of them to do every day for a month. And then I provide all these fun supports and additional learning opportunities so they can customize their own 30 days experiment. And it only takes a few minutes a day, but it ends up being this really powerful uh, practice that people could get stronger. Like I say, it's, it's going to the gym for your soul. Every day we could just spend a few minutes in practice to build our happiness and our resilience. Can you slice through it a little bit and talk about how you help people stay resilient uh, through these times? I mean, the standard tag at the end of an email these days is uh, stay safe and stay sane. It sounds really easy, but it's really hard. It's it is. difficult to watch the news. It's, it's difficult to get through a day and... and this is October. <laughs> I know, right. I know, I know. This um, is a marathon. It's really challenging. So the core of resilience training through joy, our 30 day happiness experiment is about being mindful about where we are putting our energy, not judgmental about it, but just being mindful about it. So we only have a limited amount of energy in a day. So being mindful about are we feeding this negativity? Are we feeding fear with our attention? Because every time we pay attention to something, we're feeding into it, right? We're giving away a little piece of ourself. Or are we feeding our resilience training? Are we feeding joy? Are we feeding happiness? Because there are both in the world. Yeah, there's a lot of negative stuff happening right now, which is not to say it's not important right? It is really important to be paying attention to what's going on in the world right now, whether it's with the pandemic or the election or the, the racial uprising that is happening. Very important. But what are we feeding uh, mindlessly? Just having some more mindfulness to it. So because humans have this negativity bias that we tend to want to feed the negative, it's just our reaction. This is about being in more reflective about where we put our energy. So every day for 30 days, we give somebody else, we give somebody an opportunity and a practice to feed this positive energy. And that just might mean like happiness and resilience habit number one is taking five good breaths. So every day finding one or two opportunities to just plant your feet and taking five good breaths. That's the super simple one. Some of them are more complicated. They're all different sizes, small, medium, large, depending on what you wanna do, right? So if you have more time in the day, you might wanna do a medium experiment, a medium practice, which could be like taking a five minute walk every day because being in nature is another one of our happiness and resilience habits. Just committing to see as an experiment. It's not a promise, but what would it be like if I took a five or 10 minute walk every single day for the next 30 days? Would, would that help my resilience and happiness at the end of it? And some of them are large sizes. It's like discovering what your values and purpose is. Like that's one of our large sizes. That's a, that's a big meaty one to spend 10 or 15 minutes every day exploring and defining what your values and purpose is in life. So that's a big one. So I, I think I asked earlier, who are some of the people who have found your classes and, and have found Happier Valley, Happier Valley and Comedy, and, and how do people find you? Well, that's the cool thing is that the gift of this, right? So in improv, we say there are no bad, uh, there are no bad offers. There are just gifts. So to see everything as a gift. So the gift of this new reality being online is that we have we have such a huge thing. Like for the first time in my life, I'm providing something that's scalable. So people can go to Happier Valley 
uh, com and sign up for one of our programs from anywhere in the world. I was doing a program uh, the other day, last month, and there was somebody on there from Hong Kong who was signing in and taking the program. That was happening at noon for us, but it was midnight for her. Uh, so we have clients coming from all over the place now because it's like completely customizable. You could see a lot of it online if you want. You could just watch the videos of the of the uh, lessons or you could do them live in person. Great. Well, Pam, it's been uh, great to have you on the show. Continue good luck to you and, and good luck to everybody who- um, Absolutely tries to find a little peace through improv, peace through comedy. Um, yeah, happiness. Where there's so much negative, I think uh, what you said about uh, trying to focus on the positive is very important right now. Right, because we don't know how the story is going to end. We don't know how the story is going to end. So I hope everybody is able uh, to move forward with a little bit more positivity because who knows? Okay. Well, thank you very much again, and we'll have you on again soon. Thank you. Oh, I hope so. Thank you so much. Okay, okay and thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm George O'Brien, again, editor of Business West Magazine. This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you again. <laughs>